Rock and roll. What's up, man? How you been? I'm good. I'm doing really good. Um, you're in a good spot. How about you? I'm encouraged to hear that. It's encouraging to hear that you're doing well. I'm doing good too. I uh, dropped the kids off earlier for some grandparent time and uh, did some meditation earlier. I'm yeah, buddy. Easy, easing into my Friday. Awesome, man. How's that meditation practice going? What's that look like? Uh, super informal, super infrequent. It was actually just laying on the grass Perfect. in the sunlight. Super relaxing. Love that, man. Outside, uh, <laughs> I love sitting in my backyard <laughs> and just like, I've been, I started gardening with my wife. And so that's been like, I actually am getting better at it. I, I kill everything I get. And lately though, like it, it's like a patience practice. It, it helps me become more patient. Definitely so, not yeah. like a gardener per se at this point, but you know, like I'm sitting with the plants a little bit, trying to be a little more like, I think you got to talk to them too. You talk to the plants that helps. So trying to tune in a little bit you know <laughs> i like it we, we're doing some gardening too we got some tomatoes some peppers yeah some some squash strawberries are a bit more freckle some okra oh that one's interesting dude i should have drawn on your knowledge strawberries they take a while man they're and they're susceptible to bugs and pests i'm not a gardener either my wife was kind of into it and so i was happy to do some of the manual labor to get it set up one of my other business partners is a huge gardener like oh really huge gardener yeah one of those guys that's like constantly trying to give people zucchinis and tomatoes because he's like you know he's just like way way too much like 30 times more than his family could consume but it's cool everybody needs a hobby and there is some connection to life and something familiar about being around plants that I think is, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot we can learn from plants and nature. I think <clears throat> uh, I know a lot of people with the COVID epidemic got into gardening. I think uh, my sister-in-law was telling me about the idea of victory gardens yes. came back up. When totally. And so uh, the, there's a little nursery down the street. And I remember when COVID first hit, I was like, oh, I hope they're doing all right. And apparently they're just like killing it because like people are just loving the garden right now. And, you know, there's not much else to do. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's probably a lot of stuff like that, home-based activities. Um, when I think about like what's been different about my practice or pattern, the kids have been home way more, you know, school, haven't gone out to the gym. I signed up for like an annual membership for a local place like that they had um some sale and i went like all in on like paying for like the year <laughs> shortly before so that was that was fun um i really would like to get a peloton i i haven't taken the plunge but i'm thinking hard about picking one of those up dude the idea of the peloton does not appeal to me no to be honest but Everyone I talk to that has one says it's the greatest thing ever. So it's probably one of those things that like, I just, I have no experience with. And I think it's one thing, but like, I would probably love it too. You know, do you enjoy <laughs> cycling? Uh, I do, but generally outside, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> no, no judgment or anything. It's just like, um, I don't know. Like I probably would love it. It's like, prob I shouldn't hate on it. You know, it's worth, it's totally worth trying. I can very much see where you're coming from. It doesn't sound that interesting for me. Having done it, I lived at a, 
apartment complex at one point that had one and I got super into it. It's a combination of the vibe and the energy and the, the competition aspect. Competition mm. aspect is super enjoyable because you can see your ranking of all these people and yeah. who's getting ahead of you, who's behind you. And yeah, it's, it's a thrill. So that's been um, some differences just like being home and having the kids around, but all in all, aside from, from, things like work impact, et cetera, the vibe of being home has been pretty good for me. Yeah, sinking into it. I know things have gotten a lot better <clears throat> mentally for me just because we can go back outside and, <laughs> and do some of the stuff we're used to doing. But, um, but yeah, it's... Um, it's the beaches journey. open back up for you? Yeah, they're open. Beaches are open. And uh, yeah, things are pretty much back to normal, just you know, wearing masks and all that stuff. But... Uh, but yeah, what's um besides the home life like home life? I know you travel a lot normally. Like, what's what's work been like? Are you different? You know, yeah, activities saving money, man. Not I haven't gone anywhere. I think I cannot remember the last place I I went. I think right before everything shut down, I had a strategic coach meeting, and I'm gonna be going out later this month, next week. Actually, I'm gonna be going out to Portland. A team member is getting married, and I have my EOS quarterly, so I'm just going to bump that up a week and a half. And that'll be the first work trip that I've had in a long time. But I think it's been great to step back and actually think about, okay, what work travel is really worthwhile? What mm -hmm. am I really missing out on? There's, there was a lot of inertia with travel for me. I've traveled quite a bit, so I've enjoyed having that calm down to be able to step back and think about kind of the 80-20 there. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot more space i haven't really gone anywhere either although we're thinking about we're trying to buy a pop-up tent trailer to go hit the road and do some camping and stuff nice <laughs> courtney's parents had one growing up so she's like really into them and so we've been looking at some and um yeah that's that's been a trip too i mean uh i don't know making the right decision and what to buy and all that stuff you know it's a trip i love that idea my parents had one of those growing up and oh, it was really? A ton of fun. I f I'm wondering if maybe I've like passed that having three kids, but as I think back, I think my family had like three kids when we had one and it worked. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. They're so actually pretty spacious. Yeah, they are. They pop up, the the beds like fold out. It's pretty crazy. Like you're surprised. Like the whole the entire premise of the way I experienced it was that you're not supposed to be in like you're supposed to be in nature, right? So yeah. like you're hanging out around and running to have an adventure. So if all you're doing is sleeping in there and having meals in there, yeah. it's actually not bad at all. Yeah. And we need to get out. I think most people do. And, you know, the thing, the COVID thing has slowed me down a bit, obviously everyone down, but from work related, I've actually sped up. Like, um, I don't know. I think like new business slowed down the last couple months. And when, when I, when things are going well, I coast, you know what I mean? Yeah. Familiar. Like I hate to say, I mean, my coast is probably other people's like, you know, so I'm not, I'm not like sitting on the couch, but I coast, you know? Yeah. Um, but it got me thinking, like I've been on a tear just like consuming books, podcast, like very specific about like certain marketing tactics and things like that. And like how to get things pumping. And it just got me thinking like about adversity and 
you know, it seems like all of our, like at least my biggest leaps come after adversity. Like back in the day when I had the lady that my good friend that worked for me, take money from me, like mm-hmm. that, like launched me into like strategic coach, uh, going to Puerto Vallarta with you and Alex, like all these things that, um, happened. And so I just thought about the idea of how do you keep, what if we kept adversity? Like what if we could channel it or make it like flip a switch at, or always keep it in our life? Because just to wait for it to come around kind of sucks. Like it's not, I mean, not that I want to make life harder for myself. So it's funny. I did a Google search, like how to initiate adversity or something in your life. Like I couldn't find anything on it. Um, I don't know if, if that's even the right term, but like just the idea of, at least for me, I, I seem to coast and I guess I don't, there's times to coast, but I don't know. I'd like to, I don't want to have to have some outside circumstance, like kick me in the butt, you know? Yeah, I dig that. I watched a video just the other day talking about the comfort trap. And I experienced this unconscious sensation or thought of thinking that my hard work is going to get me to a place of coasting, like coasting is going to be the reward. But if I really question that assumption, it doesn't hold up because coasting and relaxation and comfort outside of like short little blips, it makes me pretty unhappy. I start Mm -hmm. to get deeply unhappy if I don't have, if I'm not clear on what the plan is, what the vision is, where things are going. And some of that I want to question if maybe that's a, an opportunity to modify my way of being rather than just optimizing for the sensation that I'm having. But I can completely relate that it, so in your case, are you saying that it leads to lower performance that the coasting leads to lower performance? Or are you saying that the coasting, like, do you enjoy the coasting? I do, but um, it not only leads to lower performance, but it leads to lower impact. Like if I'm trying to make an impact on people, I think uh, if I'm just coasting, I'm not creating, I'm not, you know, so I don't know. Like that's kind of the way I think about it is I could do more. I could, you know, have a bigger impact. I could just make a bigger, you know, change if I was, um, I don't know. It's just something I'm thinking about. I think it's worthwhile thought for sure. Yeah. Cause like uh, another way I've heard it said is uh, one person, I forget what some entrepreneur was saying uh, the biggest leaps he made always came when he was ill prepared for things. And uh, so that's like something you can recognize. So I'm like looking for these things that I can recognize and then pull these levers. Right. So like, um, there's like an aspect of our business right now that's kind of new for us, but like we're jumping in head first because we're ill prepared for it. And it just feels like that's the perfect thing, season to do the perfect thing to do. Um, so where, what are the catalysts to these big jumps? It's like those things. It's like doing what scares you. It's like mm. adversity. So like, um, I don't know. One idea I had was just moving targets. Like we were hitting targets at good life for like three months in a row, like way above our sales targets. And it kind of sucked for a couple reasons. One, I wasn't that like happy about, like, I don't know. There wasn't like, yeah, like this, like great, you know, like success, which might be intentional because I've been going deep on the Buddhism books and things like that, where it's just like, stay even keeled. (laughs) So maybe it's like- Chop wood, carry water. Yeah, chop wood, carry water. Um, But uh, the other thing was just like, there wasn't anything to do. It was like, all right, 
oh, see you next week. Like, <laughs> there's no, like, I don't know. I was just like, I'm no gonna, crisis. Oh, yeah. Funny. And there, there's definitely, um, times to throttle back. And so like that, that's cool for a little while, but then it just like, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't needed or I wasn't like, there's nothing for me to do, I guess. Like we're good. <laughs> like that's my, because marketing's my bubble, you know, that, I mean, leadership and vision and marketing is my bubble. Yeah. So things are kind of like good. So I don't know. Give me meaning. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's familiar to me. I was on a call yesterday and I was just kind of contemplating how sometimes the answer is to move on and to stop and not mess with things. Entrepreneur, entrepreneuritis could be defined as allowing the personal need for stimulation to force you to run parts of your, of your business in a high chaos manner. Even though it's not what's good for the business, I personally need the juice and the stimulation. So there's a tendency to break things yeah one way around that is just to go do something else sometimes the destiny of the business and what the business wants is disconnected from what i personally want and the best thing to do is to step back and find a new project rather than trying to form the business in the mold of my ego yeah yeah i can relate to that like when we're deciding on new things because we definitely i before I was kind of having this thought I was messing stuff up at good life for like a month in a row. I was like jumping in on things. And like, I told you about a couple of them, like just lost money and dumb, dumb stuff. But um, it got me thinking like with, with different projects. I, so I have like music, good life. And then I started the new podcast daily stoke, which I've done for like a month now. And I seem to always hit this wall with new projects where like, if I don't see some vision for like monetization, like I don't, I, I, I kind of lose interest, but I kind of also feel like I'm, I shouldn't be like spending time doing it because like, I don't have a clear vision for monetization. But then I thought about it and I'm like, I'm doing pretty well at good life. Like I don't necessarily need like more money right now. So like, why does every new project have to be tied to like making money like is that like let's say i made an extra hundred grand on both projects each like would that do anything for me like you know i, I don't know like yeah it would make me a little more rich but i mean a little more money but like so i don't know it's almost something like i beat myself up over i think about because i'm like on one hand i'm saying be different everyone else has to monetize everything like just go with your heart and go with like let the money come later if it does, but like just live that experience. Mm. But then I always end up hitting this wall where it's like, oh, that's selfish of you to like be spending time doing this. Uh, you know, you're going to like regret it and three, you could have been spending. So like, I don't know, is it like an American thing or it's like an entrepreneur thing? Like I think about Joe Polish's strategy, the elf strategy, like easy, lucrative, fun. Yeah. For projects. But like, I don't know, I kind of disagree. Like, does every project have to be lucrative? But then it starts falling into the hobby category, which I kind of like, don't like that word in general. Like, like, cause someone's like, oh, your music's like a hobby. It's like, no, it's not a hobby. It's like, you know, like I don't know. Does any of that is, resonate with you? It, it is demeaning, the word hobby. That, that's super <laughs> relatable. Yeah. Even like having a hobby is like, oh, good for you. How, how indulgence, you know? <laughs> right. Um. Well, when we think about art, just deconstructing what is art? Why do some people give them permission to embrace an art? Because art feels different than 
a hobby. Nobody calls golfing art. By and large, like it's just a recreational activity. Art is a form of self-expression that's therapeutic that is assumed or believed broadly to add value through beauty, the aesthetic dimension. Yeah, art seems like its own category. <clears throat> and over time, I've definitely transitioned to seeing my work more like art rather than work. And I'm not completely there, not 100%, but I've become a lot more comfortable with that concept. Um, so even though with just compartmentalizing within the context of the business, the business globally makes money, but certain activities I accept are going to be harder to track, like doing the podcast, for example, like, like this, like this, this, what are we doing right now, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like this is, I enjoy this. There's no end. It's not going anywhere. Like I'm just having a conversation with, my buddy and I'm super comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the dissemination or calling it art. I actually just did a synonym search for hobby and art is one of them. Um, yeah. And then the definition of hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. So I love the description or the definition, but I'm just not a fan of the word. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I don't know, but, I don't know. I seem to find um, I seem to find projects and quote unquote hobbies or art that um, border on the the line of you know monetization or making it into a business or something. But I'm actually in a really good spot with with both of them in the sense that um, they both have a creative aspect. They both have a marketing aspect, and I really just want to become a better marketer. And um, so it's kind of like a R and D type thing, like you say, like just putting in the, putting in the work and, you know, you never know what one thing leads to another. And if you enjoy what you're doing, then how are you going to regret it? You know, that's, that's the way of the lit up life, right? Yeah, brother. That's the way of the lit up life. (laughs) Yeah. Shout out to the book leisure, the basis of culture, by the way, that's um, been on my reading list for a long time. I've had a couple of friends that have called out, Leisure is the basis of culture, maybe. Interesting. Worthwhile. So to talk to me about um, the podcast and like what's monetization aside, personal enjoyment, self-expression, clarity of thought, what have you got from it thus far? Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster in just 30 days. (laughs) Yeah. It's been about 30 days, but uh, I don't know. I just, I get these like, I get these like bolts of passion and like, you, Oh, like this is an idea. Like go do this. Like I, it's just like, it's so funny. And I, I learned to to work with it, but so I started, I kick it off and literally like two and a half weeks in, I was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. (laughs) Like like, to be perfectly honest, uh, cause I was just like, I, I don't know. I noticed that it was taking time away from music. So I was like playing music less. And I was like, oh, wait, but this is like, I want to do this for fun, but now it's taken away from me. Anyway, and my goal was like, oh, I'm going to build this podcast up one day and like do it for a few years and like get like, you know, ton millions of, you know, subscribers, whatever. Because I feel like I have a, mes- a message that I want to share and like, I don't quite yeah. know exactly what it is, but like, I'm, you know, I got to share so that it comes out. And then, uh, and then two days later, I'll be like all into it again. And 
you know, I talked to this like podcast consultant guy and he was like, he brought the sword down on me heavy because he's like, you know, just told me how difficult it is to make a successful podcast. And like, there's only three ways you can grow a podcast. And like, unless you have 10,000 listeners, like you don't even make a dime and like all this stuff. So it got me all depressed. But then, (laughs) so if you ask where I am today with it, I'm sticking with it. I'm actually enjoying it as of the last few days. There's been days where like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, but it's really punchy episodes. So I'm able to knock them out pretty quick. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing it and I'm, I'm enjoying it now, but there's been ups and downs. All right. So for those of us that have not been following along, give us like one or two episode titles that you feel like, you know, you're really proud of. Like what, what's a great starting point for those of us that don't want to start on day one? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, let's see. Uh, the number one skill to develop for business. I like, um, actually my free day episodes. So I do free day episodes on, this is what I would check out free day episodes on the weekends because this actually solved a need for me. Well, I don't listen to my own show necessarily, but I, on free days are days when I don't do any work or any business related reading at all on the weekends. And I want to listen to stuff, but like, I also don't run out of things to listen to. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to provide that to other people who might take free days that can listen to something that's not business related. So actually my free day episodes do the best. Like the law of pure potentiality is one. That's mm. probably, that's my uh, most popular episode. Um, let's see. What's my second popular, most popular episode? Probably uh, exactly what to say is a good business episode. So those are two. There we go. Bing, bang, boom. Check out the law of pure potentiality. That one spoke to me. What are you using to host your podcast, by the way? Dude, Buzzsprout. And I am freaking, what's the word? Such a fanboy of Buzzsprout. Like, I want to, do you ever like get an email or a marketing thing from someone and you're like, you want to talk to the owner of the company because you're like, this is incredible. Like, Buzzsprout, bro, you got to check it out. It's like the easiest way. They make launching your podcast so easy and managing it. It's like ridiculous. And it has all the tools. It's like their marketing is clean. They have like so much content about how to do podcasting successfully that like it makes Lisbon look like, oh my gosh, like Windows 6. And like wow. Buzzsprout is like freaking the newest Mac Sierra. Wow. Trust me, bro. If you'd also like to have a wonderfully hosted <laughs> podcast, check out buzzsprout.com slash Jordan and Steve. Promo code Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, you asked, man. But um, but yeah. So what's up? Uh, what's up with besides this podcast? Are you are you paused profitable I, management, right? I did, yeah. PPM, yeah. I, I I paused it, and a lot of that was just the losing the internal resource that was helping me do that and just lost momentum. But the vibe was also feeling stale, needed to step back. Like I tried, it was one of those situations where like I tried to kind of like keep it going. And at some point I just had to accept that enthusiasm was gone. So I need to retool. I may revive that. I may do something uh, different. I'd love to have, have broader conversations that are where I'm not trying to relate everything to property management. I can feel somewhat constricting and constraining at times. And I would like to have conversations with my friends and clients in that industry that where I'm not having to talk about property management. Like I'd love to, I know interesting people in property management where we could talk about things that don't have anything to do with how to run a management company. So I'll come back to it invariably. It's definitely 
something that I enjoy and I'm good at. Um, I had a yeah. great run and a lot of it just had to do with the fact that I was able, I, I filled out that unique ability workbook. I know you've been through that and I appreciated that they were talking about the nuance of a task <clears throat> where maybe within a task, 20% of it you love or 20% you hate, whatever it is. Like if you look at it as a whole, like podcasting, maybe you feel some kind of way about it, but if you compartmentalize, then maybe bits that you really enjoy. This right here, if this is podcasting, I love podcasting. If yeah. Podcasting is editing audio files and uploading video codecs to Facebook. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Dude, you might check out, if you do Buzzsprout, figure out a name for your show. You know so many people just say, hey, I'm having a show about just conversations with people and we can hit anything we want. Like, I love conversational podcasts. Yeah, um, I do too. And and it's like, what a great way to reach out to people anyway. And um, the, the thing with my, that got to me too, was like, I committed to this daily show, but then I was talking to someone. They're like, dude, don't like, don't drop it. Just like, do it less, like do it every week. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like we get in no our one, head. No one's like on the edge of their seat. <laughs> like, Steve didn't publish today. <laughs> or like daily stoke, like weekly. This is like, you know, it could what be. What a fraud. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, but one of the things I learned too, which, uh, if anyone has a podcast and they're thinking about quitting is, so I think I did my last episode of good life property management, November of last year. And I can't remember my exact stats, but I think I'd get like 300 roughly, give or take downloads an episode and uh, over time. And uh, so I went back to my old audience when I launched this one and was just like, hey guys, I haven't been here. If you're still getting this, you know, like uh, an alert, like you're still subscribed for some reason, but blah, blah, blah. So I just want to let you know I'm doing this show and this is why and et cetera. So I'd love, you know, love to see you over here if you like the you know, conversation. That provided a basically like a no bump to like listeners, which tells me that you think you can go back to your old fan base. Like you think they're going to still like have you subscribed, but they're not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they have moved on. <laughs> yeah. which I thought like maybe I'd get like some, I, cause sometimes I'll leave like shows I'm subscribed to like just in there, but apparently not. Or I mean, maybe people are over it, but I don't know. I think it's probably wow. just, they moved on. Wow, that's a brutal disappointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So uh, I don't know. If you're like burned out of podcasting, maybe just like go to a, like a longer cadence. Because there's something that, that fired you up about, not you, but just anyone about podcasting in general to get you into it. So like it might just be like you're burned out, like take a little break, like do like one episode every two weeks or something. I don't know. Yeah, change it. Although on the same time, I like having a third party, the guy that was helping me with that expectation of publishing. I think there's different, you know, there's different seasons. I was beating myself up about it for a minute, but I had some big picture restructuring and transition to change. I feel yeah. good about it. I'm not listening to a ton of podcasts right now. I'll go between podcast heavy versus audiobook heavy. I've been way more book heavy, been doing a ton of reading. I'd love to, you said you've been reading as of late. I'd love to review some of the titles that I've been through. Yeah. Um, so I read a bunch of books on M&A and without even talking about all of them, here are just the highlights. I really enjoyed the Harvard Business Review Guide to Buying a Small Business. 
This is within the genre of the buy rather than build concept. Start at a base of two or three hundred K in revenue rather than trying to go from you know zero to a hundred or zero to hundred dollars, whatever you want to call it. Um, that was that was really enjoyable and just kind of framing the opportunity with buying businesses. Um, I am reading The Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh, who is, I would call a micromanager. He's all about, this is the way things are done. This is the standard and you either do it or you get off the freaking bus. There will be no deviation. And it, it can sound like micromanaging. I found it actually pretty inspiring, some great takeaways. So The Score Takes Care of Itself is great. Red Titan, a biography of, um, John D. Rockefeller, super long, pretty interesting. That was very much a two and a half X speed for me. Um, I'm reading How to Change Your Mind right now by Michael Pollan. It's on psychedelics and kind of the, the medical application, therapeutic application, treating PTSD. I'm still early in that, but I'm enjoying it thus far. Clockwork by My Michael McAllowiz is okay. It's it's like a modern day reincarnation of emeth um, i'm halfway through it i'm not on fire but <clears throat> i feel like it's got some decent stuff and then lastly fooled by randomness by nasim taleb which is all about how we ascribe meaning and control to areas of our life where randomness is actually the guiding factor that's been really really <clears throat> enjoyable i read some others too but those are the ones that come to mind right now yeah, you you sent me the undefeated mind. I wanted to yes. ask. I wanted to ask you about. There's a concept in the beginning of the book that talks about your personal mission. Mm. I found that the most uh, interesting part, or one of the most interesting part of the book. Um, what did you did you take action on diving into that? Did you, yeah. Did you think well, about that for yourself? Do you want to, do you want to like tee it up a little more for the listener? Just like totally, yeah. totally. So, um, in undefeated mind, it talks about, I think the, I think the context was, uh, this guy, he was, um, he was, I think he was in mergers and acquisitions or he was in private equity, this private mm -hmm. equity guy, he was like coaching or he's kind of like a psychologist slash coach or whatever. And he, um, was burnt out of his business. And he helped the guy get reacclimated. Like there's something, there's something deeper than your business that you love. Like what is the thing that you actually love? And so they did this work and he ended up realizing that he loved um, helping people create value like in business. Like he helped loved like that aspect of it. So that was like his personal mission was like helping people create value where like there wasn't value before, or, like identify their value. I'm kind of butchering that, but um, it's something like, it's the idea of a, it's deeper than the thing you do. And mm -hmm. it can like go to any other project. Like, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I remember from it. Hmm. Yeah. The, and so the context of this book, the book is by a guy that is a, I think he's a, he's a psychologist and he's also a practice practicer, practitioner of what's called Norichi Nen Buddhism or something like that. That, that would part wasn't as significant to me, but he's working with people that are at a point of crisis, patients that he's treating that are coming in and they're like, oh, I have a toothache or a headache, but it, it all ends up being psychosomatic. And what's really happening is that they are having some kind of a crisis. That guy 
he got fired. So he's like at the apex and then he loses his job. So he goes from like feeling like a massive winner to a massive lunar loser. Somebody else, there was a woman that was having relational troubles and she had lost some weight, finally found love and was dealing with um, a bunch of issues really related to loneliness, et cetera. That's kind of the context of it. Your question about <clears throat> how was it impactful for me, that was definitely the most impactful part was the way that he unpacks and talks about meaning and purpose and the relationship of these things. I read the book last year, so it's not as fresh for me. And this is one of those things where I feel like I have to come back to you over and over and over again. This isn't something I can figure out constant to. Um, but when I think about what how it applies for me, I think the thing I come back to most often is helping people stand for their, their vision and stand for being true to themselves. Less knowing what that is for someone else. Who am I mm -hmm. to know? Different people have different visions and goals, but um, standing for myself and for other people to not sell out and settle for what we think we can get, but to really stand for the thing that you want and to go through the process of transformation that is required to uh, believe in yourself and to feel comfortable going after what you want instead of labeling it as being selfish or a hobby or invalid for, for some reason. That's what's been impactful in my life and that's what I wanna facilitate in other people and business is a medium and a way to do that in so much as <clears throat> I'm being mindful of that and not just kind of going through the exercise of just trying to make money. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I resonate with that too. I pulled up my notes from it. It said, um, attached to the why you do something versus the what. So I remember it was, it was kind of like similar to start with why it says your mission your mission you're not, is you're not looking for something that excites you. You're looking for something that gives your life meaning, which you can best discover by means of something that excites you. I'm not sure if even a sculptor gets excited about filling the world with beauty. Um, that was one example. And then he said, instead of asking, what do I want to do? Ask, what kind of value do I want to create? Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. I thought about it too. And um, I kind of had a, like one version was kind of similar. I think we're similar in the sense that we like helping people. Like we like to grow ourselves. So we like to help people grow. Mm -hmm. so we like to help people, um, you know, get clarity. I think you're really good at helping people get clarity and um, adding value um, to people's lives, uh, you know, by helping them kind of see things that maybe they don't see. You're also, incredibly talented at taking a, a, a clumsy idea and putting it in like simple kind of like words. So I think you, you help people get clarity is something that I see. I don't know if that's your personal why, but that's kind of along the lines of what you said. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so just like going back on that notes of what you said, could, could you read it one more time? The, the, the quote, cause I thought that was really helpful. Yeah. Let's see. There was, um, your mission, that one, your mission yeah. um, is you're not looking for something that excites you. You're looking for something that gives your life meaning, which you can best discover by means of something that excites you. Uh, there's some nuance there. Yeah. It, so it reminds me of the idea of like chasing after happiness is a really yeah. poor way to be happy. Yeah. And this also reminds me, I was going to ask you about, so it's three plus years into coach now. Um, 
unique ability is a big concept, but I was thinking lately, like pigeonholing yourself into only things that like you just have an unending like energy for can actually be like a hamper, like can stunt your growth a little bit, maybe like, um, and this kind of talks about the same thing, like, uh, because sometimes I use, oh, well, I don't feel like doing this. So maybe this, I shouldn't be doing this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like all the growth comes from um, mental toughness and like doing things that, so like sometimes I'll be like, okay, I have this podcast. I need to hire a who, I need a marketing person that's just going to like do all this. And I'm like, well, no, like I kind of want to learn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, if you want to, like, if you want to <laughs> yeah, it goes back into UA. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love the concept of UA, but I mean, I think almost, at least for me, I'm wondering if like, it can be like anything else, like where if you're so dogmatic about it, it can almost be like a negative thing. I'm sure. I mean, dogma <laughs> is, is something that I've really rallied around as um, kind of the opposite of how I want to live my life. Any idea that's like taken the totalitarian format is going to be robbed of its utility, I think. Yeah. But I'm still getting juice out of unique ability and, and delegation. So I mean, I'm telling you, I'm probably going to send you one of those letters. I think everybody in their professional career has gotten one of those letters of, I am going through a process called unique ability. Can you please give me your feedback on totally. you know, what you think, blah, blah, blah. Having been through that exercise and having been in coach longer than I have, what does UA look like for you right now as it relates to good life? So UA looks like, leading so just all sorts of leadership like coaching people seeing strengths in people helping people develop those strengths uh believing in people um and then marketing is actually one of my unique abilities in it like the seth godin version of marketing where it's like Mm -hmm. connecting with people empathy Mm -hmm. seeing a bit of bigger vision and saying hey i know a better way come with me like um that type of marketing. So I really, and don't get me wrong, unique ability is a game changer. Everybody should go deep on that topic. And I've gotten like, it's changed my life. So I'm definitely not like poo-pooing the idea. Um, I just, uh, I think there's one aspect and maybe I misunderstand it. Maybe I should ask my coach, but like there's one aspect where it's like, oh, you just have endless energy for this. I love songwriting, but like, I don't have endless energy to write songs. Like after about an hour, I get like, I want to move on to the next thing. So like, does that mean it's not my unique ability? Like, you know, I can't, there's, there's only one thing I can think of where I could do endlessly for and never then lose track of time. And that's recording music, like with other people. But I think it probably, if I did that for like three or four weeks, I'd probably start burning out of that too, you know? Right. <laughs> never ending jam session. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the idea because it gives you the permission to not slog through life and have to like do all the stuff that sucks, you know, it's, it's super impactful. And yeah, send me the letter, bro. I'd love to fill that out. <laughs> I will. I love what you said about UA for you. Part of it was believing in people, mm-hmm. man. I, I love that. I feel like that is one of the most impactful things that you can do in your professional career is to find someone and believe in them and affirm them and say, Hey man, I see great potential in you. I think you have the juice, you know, come work for me or let me connect you with someone else. That, that act to me 
and it's not even like it doesn't even have to be like a process it could just be like a, a complimentary and acknowledgement can be so profound i can think of a couple of times where somebody did that for me and it was like it really left a lasting remark so that i would add that to what i said before for me and the best coaching calls for me that i do are absolutely around that and around standing for somebody else's vision and the worst coaching calls for me are where we're deep in the weeds of just utter minutiae <laughs> yeah man i like that i like um that's an, that's a great gift to give people um you know people you come in contact with telling them something about them that they maybe know or maybe just need to hear Mm-hmm. because we all need more confidence and like um like even keeping me in the game with music or podcasting um it's those little like comments or dms i get from people like dude i'm really loving this or you're doing this or like you're really great at this you know if we can pass that message on that's super impactful um yeah i love that it's a good reminder to actually like reach out and and say something rather than just having the thought, like you mentioned, Buzzsprout is is great. Have you have you talked to that crew or those people? Let me think. Did I reach out to them? No, but I'm going to. You should chop this, bro. Just send them this and say, hey, there's a great testimonial for you in here. <laughs> have one of your people find it and you have permission to chop <laughs> that's, it. That's genius. I'm doing that. Because <laughs> you totally teed that up earlier. <laughs> I love that. There's this other company, um, Virtuance. It's this um, company that does real estate photography and like virtual tours. Oh. And uh, yeah, I got their, fir- we hired them. I got their first like onboarding email and I was like, I'd like to speak to the owner of your company. <laughs> like, if I'd you- like to talk <laughs> to the manager. I'd like, I, I just want to like, I really like your marketing and I just want to talk to them. You know, like, do you ever see someone's marketing and you're like, dude, I got to talk to the owner of this company. Like, what are they? Yes. <laughs> Bro, I just had it. And I totally know even like the creeper element. Cause I just yesterday, the day before I dropped my car off at a mechanic and I already knew these guys were great, but I was just reminded. I found them because they had five-star re- reviews on Yelp and like 175 reviews, which imagine having an auto body shop, having yeah. that many reviews and it's five stars. So they take my car and yesterday morning, I get a text that says, hey, here's an update on the report. I click on it. It's a comprehensive report with clear explanations. Here are the things that are green, things that are yellow, things that are red that we actually need to fix. Pictures on all of it of my car of the battery terminal wow. well, so this is like i feel like i should pay you for this report but. and then of course i decided not to fix a bunch of major stuff and they were like totally cool with it they were not picky so it, and you wouldn't you know you wouldn't know it like there's nothing glamorous i don't know what the branding on this place that you're going to show me virtual looks like this is like you would not know the service was going to be like this if you just saw it from the street or went to their website yeah it's super inspiring so i love reaching out i don't know what their website looks like but their it's good onboarding sequence with um, new clients was just incredible um i love pulling ideas from uh from other companies like that but um but yeah man i can't remember i was gonna hit one other thing i was super excited to tell you about and now it's it's lost me but um yeah, man. I don't know. So what else is, uh, what else you want to hit on? 
what else is, is popping? Um, how's your, talk to me about your fitness game and how your fitness game has been mid pandemic. Yeah. Fitness game. It's going pretty strong. Uh, I try to do, so I always take a walk with miles pretty much to the beach every day. Nice. So that's a good, solid, nice little walk. And then I always try to mix in either, um, some sort of strength. So either surfing or I'll do push-ups. So I do three rounds of burnout, um, strength. So I do three rounds of burnout push-ups. So like push-ups till I can't. So like probably usually that's 50 or something like 50 in a row, 50, it's like 150 push-ups or I'll do pull-ups burnout. So pull-ups until I can't three, three sets or crunches and crunches. Like I usually, it takes a while to burn out on crunches. So I usually just do like, you know, 75, three sets of like 60 or 50 to 75. That's what I'm doing. What about you? So just wrapping on that, it sounds like you're consistent, but low key. It's not like a crazy, like P90X consistent, right. but low key. Is that what I'm hearing? Totally. And then like, would you describe yourself as mindful or self-conscious with, with the diet? Like, are you thinking about what you're eating? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I don't eat breakfast generally. I eat uh, like a small, like a regular lunch, whatever, not, not a big lunch. And then I go ham on dinner. Is that strategy or preference to skip breakfast? Uh, missing, bre missing breakfast is what I've heard just on Joe Rogan's podcast and different people that uh, intermittent fasting is really good for not only like weight loss, but also um, your mind. And like, if you think about it, you're constantly giving your gut like has to work. Yeah. Because you're eating like every, you know, so often. So just giving it like a long break where it doesn't like have to work. So anyway, I haven't like researched that fully, but just from people that seem smart, have told me that, but, um, but no, I'm just like everyone else that like you eat something and you beat yourself up over it. Like it's, it's freaking ridiculous. So tired of that. Like I, so I do watch what I eat. My wife cooks really well, but I eat ice cream at the end of the night or I eat like a big bowl of cereal or like, so I'm not like super hawkish. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, my, my exercise has been fairly inconsistent during the past couple months that week where you and I did a challenge swap was, was great. Yeah. Um, was high on the horse. Then I have a double stroller. I'll take the girls around the neighborhood, even in the heat. That's a pretty consistent thing. Let's say maybe half the days of the week, three or four days a week. They love that. Um, that's probably the thing I've been doing the most outside of that. I had a personal trainer pandemic thing just kind of fell apart. So I'm ready to get back in the gym and get, regain some motivation, but it's been pretty inconsistent. And my eating practices are not even as mindful as you described. What you described wasn't that hardcore, but not as mindful. It's kind of been pretty hit or miss. So it's, a, it's an opportunity for me right now. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, let me know how it goes. It's good talking to you. Um, yeah, until next time, you got anything else? I don't think so, my man. Until next time, hope you and the fam are well. And if you're listening out there, that you guys are staying strong and fighting for your vision and fighting for the things to light you up. Amen. Love it, brother. Peace. Oh.